gliding shapes that violate every law of nature. It's the Horror Foria Podcast. Hi, can I help you? John Richards and Andy Gilly are talking everything and anything horror movies. Welcome to the Horror Foria Podcast. It is Friday, April 3rd of 2020, episode number 56, broadcasting from our not the Tiger King Studios in Wausau, Wisconsin. Yeah, you've been watching that, I guess. <laughs> I benched it over uh, this past weekend. I'm John Richards. Uh, and Andy Gilly. Gosh, see, I could have gone the obvious, uh, yeah. obvious route and said from our invisible studios. That's, yeah, right. Right. We're talking about from 2020. The uh, Is it a reboot or a remake of uh, the Invisible I would call Man? it a remake of the, uh, of the original, I think. I don't know. Um, let's talk about that a little bit. I'm not sure where it... I was kind of wondering where it fit into the timeline with of the old one. Yeah. Well, and I uh, also want to say I uh, hope everybody's feeling safe and uh, being safe out there because we got the coronavirus yep. pandemic still going on. Do you got big plans or are you just going to sit around the house and <laughs> clean? Just, I don't think you can have big plans, can you? <laughs> Go for a walk. It's supposed to be nice around here this weekend. It is, right. Uh, yeah, maybe you can do that these days. I'm not sure. Yeah, I think I'm going to do some laundry and probably do some cleaning and then maybe watch some horror yeah. movies. Yeah. That sounds like a good plan. Yeah, sounds excellent. Uh, anyways, horror movie news. Okay, uh, Quiet Place 2, highly anticipated in the horror community at least. Apocalypse Monster movie is scheduled to be released in theaters Labor Day weekend. According to Bloody Discussing, the movie will be released September 4th. Hmm. Um, so let's hope they're back up and running then. Nice. The theaters, that is, right? <laughs> well, yeah, probably. <laughs> I, I would think by then, I mean, from what I'm hearing is a lot of the news is saying probably through the summer. So I think maybe Labor Day, that, that actually would be, so, yeah. that'd be a good time to open up because people would be like, okay, I, I need to go out and see a movie. Right, exactly. So, uh, yeah, looking forward to that one. Uh, before James Gunn was a big name in the MCU, he directed the cult gross-out horror comedy Slither. It's been a while since I've seen that one. Yes, <laughs> according to Dread Central this week, he released a series of never-before-seen photos from the movie, and you can see those over on James Gunn's Instagram page. Nice, kind of interesting. Isn't Michael Rooker in that? He is. Yeah, he kind of <laughs> well, he plays a cop or something. He's like that. yeah, and he's uh, he's featured in the pictures as well. <laughs> it's kind of interesting. They're 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 interesting pictures. They're pretty gross. Some of them just like slow there. Uh, one of your favorite K horror movies. Train to Busan has Oof. a sequel. I saw that. Oh, I saw that uh, trailer. Yeah, the trailer came out this week, and you saw it, huh? Yeah, it's called so, Peninsula, right? It's called Peninsula. Well, I think it's called, yeah, it's called Train to Busan colon Peninsula, maybe? Or something Presents. like that. Presents Pen- Peninsula. Yeah. That's right. Um, yeah, I, I, just, I saw a part. There's like a, an arena with some guy fighting like some sort of abomination of a monster in it or something like yeah. that. and. I'm not, maybe you you can make more sense of the trailer since I haven't seen Train to Busan. But well, it seems to me, God, and I don't want to give too much away if you haven't seen Train to Busan, and you haven't. Uh, there is a pregnant lady that's in Train to Busan. It seems that she has a young child because it's supposed to be four years later. Okay. And I believe the same little girl that was in Train to Busan is in it. Obviously, four years older, like okay. ten now. Okay. Huh? Yeah, I. I didn't make a lot of sense out of the trailer because I just haven't seen the, the original, so I don't know the story. But um, that definitely came out. You can check that out. Uh, and I think that's all we got for uh, horror movie news this week. Yeah, not much going on, man. Really we're, not. We're so we're so handcuffed on what Digging we can do. I'm looking at James Gunn's Instagram page to find news. So <laughs> I, I've read the Veronica <laughs> review on Bloody Discussing like six yeah. times already. <laughs> uh, all right, here we go. Horror movie trivia. Director Lee Wanell is attached to direct another remake 
a John Carpenter classic? Do you know what it is? Is he doing the thing? No. No. John Carpenter classic. Hmm. I don't know. Escape from New York. Oh, really? Yeah. Wow. Okay. They're going to redo it, that? Huh? Yeah. They're going to redo that. Wow. Okay. I'm okay with it because of who's, what I thought of this movie. Who's going to be Snake Plissken or isn't Snake Plissken in it? It's in pre-production, so they don't okay. know much about it. Okay. That's interesting. All right, uh, my trivia, whether intentional or coincidence, this movie bears a striking resemblance, at least I thought, to the uh, relationship horror thriller featuring a couple who lives in a beach house and the abused woman played by Julia Roberts uh, sets up a careful uh, uh, plan to escape her abusive uh, husband. He uses a power climber played by Patrick Bergen. What movie is that? Is that Sleeping with the Enemy? That is Sleeping with the Enemy. I thought this had a lot of similarities to Sleeping with the Enemy. I was really kind of... uh, um, uh, I found it interesting. Now, the original um, Invisible Man's name was Jack Griffin. In this, it's Adrian Griffin. And Patrick Bergen plays a man named Aiden in, the, in a BBC soap uh, named EastEnders. I don't know if there's something to do with that, because this guy's name is uh, Adrian, right? Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know why they changed that name, if that has something to do with it. I, I just found a lot of similarities to Sleeping with the Enemy here. There's like this beach house, and uh, I, I got the same vibe from yeah, it. It's I'm familiar with the movie, but it's been a long time since yeah. I've seen it, and I'm not the biggest fan of Julia Roberts. Anyways. Okay, it's it's a pretty good uh, psycho. Um, you know, at that time they had they had a lot of these these kind of like Basic Instinct did come out, and uh, I don't know that you call these real real horror movies, but they are they have you know fear with uh, De Niro. You ever see that Suspen- one? Yes. Yeah, they're kind of like thriller suspense psycho movies is what I call it. The Crush, you know. There's there's these people who have this obsessive thing. with A swim fan is one of them that's later on in, in the genre. But yeah, And it's crazy because it's like you can put a lot of these movies in the horror genre, but there's that, there's that really thin line that, that right. you draw. Like if it has the horrific elements, because technically... Silence of the Lambs is not a horror movie, but some of the content in it, it, it toes that line of being right. a horror movie. Right. And, Whereas, and I mean, in Sleeping the Enemy is the same thing. I mean, I think there's some very scary moments in it, you know, but um, is it really a horror movie? I don't know. That's a debate you can have, I guess. What really is horror? And I know some people get <laughs> sick of hearing people talk about that. Hey, so. Facebook Live, we want to know, <laughs> is Sleeping with the Enemy a horror movie? Let us know. <laughs> right. Um all right. Uh, Andy's Chainsaw My Synopsis. Chainsaw Synopsis. When Cecilia's manipulative, controlling boyfriend Adrian dies and she inherits $5 million from his estate, it seems like her problems with the eccentric billionaire are over. However, strange and disturbing things happen which test her sanity and credibility to others. Is Adrian really dead or has the tech billionaire found out a way to return from the grave? Very good. All right, here's your spoiler alert. We are going to be talking about The Invisible Man from 2020. Um... We're going to talk about it in its entirety, and we are going to spoil this movie, the ending and everything. So if you've not seen The Invisible Man, make sure you pause the podcast and uh, go watch the movie. Come back to it, hear what we have to say about it. I love this movie. <laughs> yeah, it was a great movie. I really I love it. this movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I agree. I was really kind of hesitant. Um, you know, and we got a, a kind of a philosophical discussion about you know, is this the new wave of how we're going to be presented brand new movies or right. will it be an option once this pandemic is over? Right. And I love the idea of giving people the option because we talked about it as far as people will still go to the theaters when they open back up. But but 
I don't have the opportunity to go to a theater. You don't like going to the theater, right. which is fine. I mean, not a lot of people do, but should, should that should you be punished to wait for a movie that you really, really want to see because you don't want to go to the theater? Well, my whole point is, I think there's still a it's up to the theaters to make sure there's still an audience for the theater, I think. If they if they do if they use this model in the future, I mean I think the theaters can do things. That I, I'll go to a theater if if the experience is going to be superior to my experience at home. And sure. you know, the, like I said, the theater in this town has made some adjustments and made some changes that that have uh, really made it way better than it used to be. You know, they have the yeah. uh, the recliner seats now, and uh, they have the Atmos sound, which is is better than the sound in my house. I got to admit, I mean, the, the the their theaters digital sound is is better than mine now, uh, where where that wasn't always the case. You right. know, they they uh, they kind of lagged in the technology for a while, and you had to sit in those like red folding chairs, you know, yeah, kind of pop- with a spring <laughs> yeah, poking right, in your back right. the that's whole right. time. That's right. And then you know, my big problem has always been the um, now there's. There's two. I've had two experiences in theater. In theaters, uh, one where the rest of the audience really enhances my enjoyment of the movie. Sure. And then two, two where it ruins it completely. So I think theaters need to figure out a way to make sure that there aren't people ruining that experience. And that that I think is my major problem with a the theater. And but some of the um, some of the greatest uh, movie moments I've had have been because of the rest of the audience, where the rest of the audience is really into the movie and is, uh, you know, screaming or cheering or, or whatever. Um, and and I think the it's up to the theater to kind of foster that and make sure that they deal with people who are problems in their in their theater, which doesn't really, you know. In, in my experience hasn't happened. You got people like talking through the movie and using their phone and all of that stuff. And nothing really happens to those people, you know? Yeah. I think that's a minority though. Like, yeah. and again, you talked about the experience of going to a movie and then getting enjoyment out of it. It's, 99% of the people there are there to experience like you want to experience, you know, to be completely You'd enthralled. Think, yeah. But and, and, and yeah, okay. I get it. There are some people that are, and, and we're in technology age, put your phone down, turn right. it off or turn off the right. ringer or whatever. I mean, if, if you need to take a phone call, go out, don't look yeah. at your phone while, you know, everybody should know that. But in almost every movie I've been to in the last year, somebody's sitting in front of me, their screens popping up, you know, and there's this big bloom of light <laughs> out of, you know, and it's really distracting when you're watching a movie. So, um, I don't know. Uh, and, and, but you know, like I said, it, there have been times when the rest of the audience has really enhanced the movie for me. And I think the theaters just have to figure out how to make sure that kind of experience happens for you. Yeah. I mean, we can go off on a tangent. All right. Then this is this. a tangent. So I apologize, <laughs> but uh, this has nothing no, to do with the visual. I, I, I seriously, I think, you know, this is great. And I got a lot of enjoyment out of this movie. This movie starts off does. with a phenomenal, I love the opening sequence. It's great. It, it really, it, you're just talking about like the opening credits. Credits. Yes, yes exactly. I, I agree with you. I think they are great. I mean, it's, it's uh, like kind of washing up. Uh, there, this is a beach house is where this opens up. It's a beautiful beach it house. It really though. is. Yeah. This guy is uh, a billionaire. Ad- Adrian Griffin is a billionaire. So, he, he's the head of an optics company, um, and uh, there's the the title sequence credits are washing like up on the on the rocks by the uh, by the beach house. Yeah, it's, it's like painting like, them on the it, rocks. It is. It's I thought great. that was very cool. It's a fantastic scene. Yeah, um, and this opening scene is also. Fa- I mean, it doesn't. 
it's not like you get opening credits and then you're let down. This opening scene hits you off the bat. It's great. I mean, the suspense, uh, you know. Um, Elizabeth the, Moss? Yeah, Elizabeth Moss. But Lee Wanell, uh really sets, he really just it does like a textbook job of building suspense in this scene. Mm-hmm. Because uh, Elizabeth Moss's character is, is trying to escape her billionaire boyfriend's house. Exactly. Uh, she's trying to get away from him. He's very controlling, very manipulative, and very abusive. She's drugged him mm-hmm. uh, with, uh, I forget what, but... Uh, diazepam. Diazepam, yeah. And uh, so he's he's completely asleep. And, yeah, I knew I knew they showed the name of the drug, so I, I probably is somewhat important, but because um, it does play in later, too. But, it does. Um, this scene is is really just a textbook of how to build suspense and make something exciting and put you on the edge of your seat, in my opinion. I, I think it's great. I, but it never lets up. I it mean, doesn't. There, there's never right. a point in this movie where that, that suspense ever lets up. I mean, you get a little bit of a breather like sure. throughout the movie, but you're right. I mean, the setup of this... I mean, the way she gets out of bed and, and she calls his name, Adrian, mm-hmm. you know, to make sure he's still asleep. Right. And she's got a bag packed already. Yes. Like, like she's been this has been in, a, in you know, motion for a while. I right. Mean, you, you don't know how long. Yes. She's she's really had to plan this out because he's got everything planned out to keep her there. You know, he's he's really got systems in place to um make sure that she does what he wants her to do you know he's he's extremely controlling yeah he is so she ends up getting away um obviously calls her sister she goes down this hill like almost like it's a southern california you go down a hill and there's another and there's another road and you go down another hill it's a wraparound so her sister comes to pick her up and man a great jump scare here oh it was it was fantastic so he shows up yeah (laughs) breaks the window punches through the window after she's in the in the car exactly and uh, yeah, the the uh, the friend takes off and leaves him standing there uh, in the middle of the road. <laughs> so so then the, so there is a little bit of a break from the. I think after that scene, there is a little bit of a break from the uh, from the suspense, but uh, well, a little bit. I mean, you see the you see the bottle of diazepam, yeah. you know, in like bloody fingerprint on it. Again, that comes into play later. Uh, you go to uh, James's house. Mm-hmm. So I guess he's a childhood friend or something. I never really got who he was. Like, yeah, I wasn't quite sure what her relationship was with him. Um, obviously, it wasn't romantic in any way. Maybe with uh, the sister Emily. Maybe with, I, I I didn't. Uh, he's got his guy's a friend. He's he's also happens to be a cop. So um, yeah, she she goes to James's house and uh, and uh, he he is obviously going to help her hide uh, at his house. Yeah. So uh, she she um, she's obviously traumatized. She's got like some serious PTSD where she can't even walk outside. Right. You know, she Mm -hmm. walks outside to try to grab the mail and some guy's just going for a jog. Right. And just scares her. So she runs back in like a cat, you know, Mm -hmm. oh, I'm going back inside. Um, Doesn't she like she ends up. How does she get the letter? Is it is it James? goes out and gets the mail and says oh oh by the way this is for you well nobody knows i'm here yeah i i believe she does uh he, he james is the one who goes and gets that mail yeah um and uh th- they go to uh 
his brother Tom is is an attorney. Yeah, he is. So they go to uh, <laughs> the guy who plays this guy is does a great job of just making this uh, guy a smarmy creep too. He's he's yeah. like obviously you know. Well, you get a little sympathy for him. Uh, you well, know, before he, that, don't you like the sister Emily ends up coming over to. Um, to James's house, right, mm-hmm. and tells her that Adrian had committed suicide, right, and mm-hmm. says you don't have to worry about this anymore. So right. she's she's just like, I I think a little relieved after that, and, right. and and feels a little more comfortable, right. But then all of a sudden gets this letter where nobody knows where she's at. It's sent from Tom, who is the brother, who is an attorney in charge of the estate, right, and gives her five million dollars. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and you know, she is going to do some good things with this money. She's going to send, uh, James's daughter who she's got kind of a really, she develops kind of a relationship with, mm-hmm. uh, to, to college with this money, what, uh, design school, right? Yeah, that's, that's right. Uh, like, uh, like she's going to put $10,000 into right. this teenage girl's account yeah. who, uh, who's, uh, what is it? Is it Sydney? Yeah, S- Sydney's right, the yeah. daughter yep. and she's like of college age and she's getting ready to go to this designer college. So. The the that Cecilia decides instead of just like taking this money, I'm going to use it for good. Right. So giving it to Sydney for her college tuition, ten thousand dollars a month or whatever it's going to cost her. Right. And she's developing this kind of relationship with Sydney. Right. Uh, So she's now got things to lose. She's she's got kind of this uh, family sort of uh, going on with uh, with uh, Sydney. She's got money now. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so I, Adrian is, I think doing this to give her something to lose. So she, you know, has something to care about. Yeah. You know, um, cause he really didn't have anything. I mean, he had money and he was just almost like, you know, it, Oh, he had her. Bit, well, yeah, he, he, had, there had been like, there was this conversation. It was kind of a cool dialogue between Tom and Cecilia of Adrian's always been kind of this manipulative guy. Right. You right. Know, and, as, and, as, and Tom you know, like portrays himself as a victim of Adrian as well. Right. Trying to, I don't know, try to sort of uh, sympathize with her or something or do, get sympathy for himself, uh, build up her trust to him. Mm-hmm. And um, and, you know, I, I, I think it uh, I, I don't know, it, it really kind of uh, makes him. Uh, more sinister, I think, when you when you find out what he's like later. Oh yeah, absolutely. I, but you could almost like guess that that was going to happen just by the way he was. You know, um, you did find out uh, like two weeks after she had gotten away from Adrian that she was abused. Uh, you can assume sexually abused as well. Yeah. Um, because she mentions that she was taking birth control. Right. And he wanted a baby really bad. Right. So I mean, there was obviously. I think right. it was unspoken, but you understood what was going on here. Mm-hmm. Uh, she ends up getting a job interview because I, I, I'm assuming she's an architect. She's an architect, I believe, yes. Okay, so she goes to this job interview. Um, she's got a portfolio. She's getting ready to show like a supervisor, and there's nothing in there. Opens and, it up, and there's nothing in it. Yep. Yeah, it, di- it had disappeared. <laughs> and right. then, you know, she faints. Mm-hmm. Uh, she ends up going to the hospital, finding out that she has a dangerous amount of diazepam in her right now. <laughs> right, which is the exact drugs that she used to drug him. Correct. So, right. Um, and she comes home. She she finds the bottle in her bathroom, actually, with a bloody her. fingerprint on it. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's the one that was left at the side of the road when she left. <laughs> 
So she's starting to gather that, what, Adrian's not dead. Right. Because she knows, she lived with this guy. Did they say like a year and a half or something like that? Yeah, I, I want to, I can't remember how long their relationship was, but yeah, it was It was uh, at least a year and a half for sure. So yeah. it had been a, a while that she'd been under this guy's control. She, she was abused by this guy in multiple ways. Mm. Um, you know, physically, mentally, everything. Um, so she's like, she's obviously paranoid. And here's where kind of the, the social commentary came in for me is, you know, this Me Too movement. Yeah. And the way they were so sensitive about it because yeah. they didn't slap you in the face. In my opinion, they didn't slap you in the face with it. They basically yeah. said, you know, you don't know this guy. I've lived with this guy. Right. You know, on, on, and I'm not going to comment on specific things that are happening right now, but you hear those stories is that, no, th this guy couldn't have done that. Well, this guy did. You didn't know him. You know, he puts on a smile and wears nice clothes and right. very charming in person. But behind the door, this guy's a total jerk face. Oh, yeah. And I think, you know, there are some real <laughs> scary manipulation techniques going on here. Mm -hmm. Like his gaslighting is is just uh, insidious to her. Here. Oh, man. Uh, you know, with the, with the um, how he takes her takes her. Um, takes her portfolio uh, papers out of out of there like her drawings out of the thing oh yeah i mean that's uh you know that's that's like gonna make her wonder if she forgot them or where they went you know i mean it's it's total gaslighting here that he's doing it's just really a awful sinister thing to do to a person well know? and especially being her being in that moment it's like oh boy i you know i was so scatterbrained i forgot these but right but I mean, there's not that much of a transition to where she realizes what's going on. You know, right. she finds diazepam. She she finds the bottle sitting on her uh, on her sink. Right. So she has a meeting with Tom and James. She does tell them that she thinks that he's figured out a way to become invisible because mm -hmm. he said something to her like that. He said that uh, if you if you go away, I will walk right up to you and you will not know that I'm there. Right. You know, and he's he's made uh, threats like this in the past. And uh Obviously, this makes her look insane, you mm -hmm. know, even to James, who's who's obviously a friend of hers. So I want to say hi to my brother real quick. He's uh, he just popped on and Karina. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> right. um, but yeah, absolutely. And and then like so this is where it's all happening, where nobody's believing her. And it's mm -hmm. like, you know, we come to find out about Tom later. But, you know, James is like, well, no, I mean, this is this is. This must be the most elaborate plan ever because, you know, it's in the news that he was right. He killed himself. And, right. you know, and he kept saying, oh, my brother's there in that in that urn, you yeah. know, because he wanted to be cremated or whatever. Um, he goes she goes to her sister's Emily's house and Emily shuns her because she sent this. She apparently sent this email yes, of like, right. I want nothing to do with you. Yeah. You know, I want you to leave me alone. And then right. all of a sudden she's coming back. She Emily gets this email from cecilia of saying these things but she didn't send it right so mm -hmm. it's obvious you know something else is going on here right right and uh, i mean she goes back and checks and she sees that it was sent from her account mm -hmm. she knows she never sent it so uh <laughs> there's there's something really uh insidious going on here yeah so. um oh gosh what happens next uh so she Oh, is this the interaction? So, with so I, this is, there's this scene where she's hanging out with Sydney. Yes. Who she's in very, you know, she's obviously developed this very good relationship with her. She was really, she was really 
depressed because like everything that happened with Emily and, and getting drugged and failing right. the interview and she's just she's losing it on the floor right. and Sydney Sydney has a great relationship with her and comes yeah. in and you know let's have a girls night right and uh, something now this this I found kind of interesting this is an interesting scene Sydney gets punched by something thinking that it's uh, that it's uh, uh, Cecilia yeah, but Cecilia's like seven, and eight that's, feet away. That was my problem with this scene, okay? Uh, so, I don't know. I mean, there's nobody else in the room. If I got punched right now, <laughs> you know, I, I guess maybe I would think it was you. I don't, no, if you uh, got but, punched right, I, I am what? I'm yes, five feet away from you. And this is like, if I remember the scene right, she's kind of far away from her. And uh, I just, I didn't see how she could connect that. And if like, if, if I if I got like a, took a punch right now and I got up and you were you were denying that you hit me right. adamantly I tend to believe you yeah you well and I mean? if I were okay listen and, and like Sydney was just so as so like just was not going to buy it you know <laughs> wasn't going to believe that and it was so out of the out of the there was they weren't like having a any kind of argument or anything like that no it was like this nice time that they were having they were going to go eat she, cake yeah and all of a sudden she gets punched in the face and she thinks that Celia did this <laughs> and then and then James buys it too because he's mad now and now he's mad at Cecilia you know I so yeah. I felt like that was a bit of a stretch. Well, I, I thought, yeah, I, I had a problem with it, too, because they were at least seven feet apart. The way, I, th the way I the, thought so, from what, what I remember. The it, way the shot was, because, I mean, you saw yeah. it, and you saw where Cecilia was, and then, like, like Sydney barely turned her head, yeah. so she couldn't see out of her peripheral right. vision, but it came the other way. Yeah, exactly. I thought it was a little, a little, I, I, I don't know, implausible that she would she would think this, you know, just based on what was happening in this, that I remember happening in the scene. And obviously, you know, I, I, I couldn't go back and review this. I was going to pay 20 bucks to watch it again, but you know, I mean, uh, uh, she, it just, it just seemed rather implausible that everybody thought that she had punched her in the face. It was like, not, um, there was no reason for it, you know? <laughs> and like I said, it'd be like, like if I got punched right now and blamed you for it, yeah. I mean, you're here, there's nobody else here. And we got so, witnesses too. And, so and you guys can yeah, see. right. But you know, you have no reason to hit me. We aren't having a, a conflict right now. Right. And, and you know, I just, I don't, I don't know. Uh, I had a little bit of a problem with this scene. It just wasn't, uh, I wasn't buying the plausibility of it very much, but whatever. I, it was cool. Cause the way they continued it though, it was, yeah. it, um, what James ended up taking Sydney away. Um, I don't know where they went. They had to go somewhere. But um, so she she stays in the house for a little while because she realizes Adrian's there. Um, right. What, what does she do? Uh, she uh, calls the phone. Yeah. Like calls she his calls old phone. his old phone and it is it, ringing, ringing yeah. in the attic. Right. Yeah. So she goes up. She finds it. Right. And this, this to me was incredible. So you go from a, a very implausible scene to yeah. like something that was like some of the best acting I've ever seen in my yeah. life uh -huh. is she comes back downstairs. She spreads uh, coffee grounds all over yeah. just to see for yep. footprints. Mm -hmm. And like the fight she has with herself. Yeah, that, that, that was great. Um, I mean, that, that can really be cheesy. <laughs> Yeah, you know, it can really look tacky when you when like you fight with yourself and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, when but you fight with yourself, but you're right. This was 
totally this was scary this was a scary fight that she's having with this invisible man and and if that's done wrong it can really uh like be unintentionally comedic yeah uh where where that scene was terrifying it was tense yeah you know you know what else was just fantastic about this movie was the sound like did you were you able to hear like the ticking of the like the um you could hear like the lenses focus in his suit when he was around. Yes. Could you hear that yes. on, on uh, whatever system you were watching or in your, on your TV? You could yeah. hear that. Yeah. It was, so, you knew he was around because you hear this like you could hear the like the little lenses in his because the suit is basically. And I've you know heard a theory about a you know invisibility done this way before where you have cameras on the front. Okay. And it and also a TV on the front. You know, so there's a screen and a camera kind of combined. Oh, sure. So I think that's they never really explained this, I don't think. But I think that's what's going on here. So there's a, a camera and a, a TV on the front and it's projecting the what the the, the, the front is projecting what the back camera see. Oh, and the back I see. Camera I see projects what, okay. So you don't you aren't able to see what uh, what what you know, you basically you see. So through. the plausibility of invisibility, yeah. invisibility, that's what it is. Yeah, And they never really explained that, which is good. I mean, I don't think it needed explanation, but that was what was supposed to be happening here was that this was a suit full of cameras that also displayed what was behind him. And it, it also does away with the, the whole there's like in the original Invisible Man, I think it was like a potion that he took or something that made him invisible. Right. Yeah, probably. I can't remember. Um, but. If you are an invisible person, you will be unable to see because you need, you know, your retinas need to like, fo- like, be able to see something to uh, see. So you'd be blind basically if you were actually <laughs> invisible. Which this this suit does away with that whole argument that it would be. I don't know. Some people can't, you know, di- di- put away their uh, disbelief, but um, I just would if that was if he had taken a potion or something, but. Um, but I think that's kind of what's supposed to be happening here with this suit is that there's a bunch of these cameras because he's an optics uh, billion. He's a billionaire of an optics company. Yeah. So like technology, all of these cameras are like focusing and, and adjusting, you know, and you could see that when you can see the suit, mm-hmm. like you could see like the little lenses kind of moving, yeah, moving back. Yeah. Moving back and forth. And you can hear that when he's in a, every time he's in a room, you can hear this like, did, yeah, did you notice I was that? kind of wondering if and there's like yeah, a ticking kind of noise. But I guess I guess I didn't pick it up until what you actually realize what they were. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, you hear those little things and you just think it's part of the movie. But when you realize what the suit is, no, it's yeah, it's it, it was you could, every time he showed up. Or every time he was in a room, you could hear that like ticking. There was, it was kind of a ticking uh, noise and kind of like a like a lens adjusting. Right. And, and I thought it was awesome. Like you could hear it. Like the separation of the speakers was really good in this in this too. Well, you have a better um, sound system than it, I do. It, it, it was yeah. It was it was five point one or whatever. Um, I think was the uh, the mix that they gave us, and uh, it was really done well because you could you could hear him like like over here, and then he would move back back here you know you could, you could I, I hear think, that and i guess i wasn't paying attention to it like i said you know i don't have the sound that you have yeah i was looking yeah. you know maybe if you saw like a digital kind of yeah adjustment or something like like the predator you right know, like i don't pre- think they had anything like there was nothing like there was nothing there wasn't like an that. imprint like that he was completely nothing. invisible he was he was uh, and uh and you know realistically if you had a suit like this i think you it would it would look like the predator basically you'd still see an outline of the yeah. whatever uh you know i can i can deal with that so 
Um, I forgot to mention, this is like from the uh, trailer, this is where the paint gets dumped on him. Yeah, exactly. And, and then they have that confrontation because basically she dumps paint. She's up in the attic. You can yeah. see it. Yes. It looks like a Spider-Man or a, or a Venom. Yeah, and it was scary. Yeah. I mean, like you see this thing all of a sudden there. Yep. <laughs> like, he, like he's sprinting out of there. Yeah, he runs away. It was it. a scary scene. Yeah, I, I thought it was really it good. it off in the sink. That was, that was pretty awesome. So mm -hmm. she ends up. Getting out of there, uh, contacts Emily. Oh, my gosh, another great scene. Oh, yeah. And, and she goes to a uh, restaurant with Emily. Yep. And meets Emily in a restaurant. And uh, then she's sitting there. Um, and all of a sudden, um, I, I get, yeah, does she... Somehow he gets her hand onto Emily's hand so that it, or does she just, no, no he just takes the, the knife and throat, slashes puts, it. Puts, yeah. the puts it in her hand. Like, he's like right. holding her hand. Like, so, on yeah. It. So basically he's slashed Emily's throat and made it look like Cecilia did it. Um, I suppose there wouldn't be, uh, there isn't security cameras in every, in every restaurant, but right. I, I, I don't know. There, and there's no plausible way of uh, like. You're not going to just say, well, it's my invisible boyfriend. Um, <laughs> exactly. Which I think actually she did, which um, um, lands her in a mental hospital, right? It does. Yeah. Uh, and because she's done this, part of the will, the the rules of the will or whatever you would call them uh, is that she has to, she cannot commit felonies or crimes or she'll lose all the money. Right. So now he's given her this stuff, and he's taken it all away. Well, yeah, and the, yeah, exactly right. So Tom, this is where he makes the big reveal of you go back to him, and we find out that she's pregnant. Yes, that's right. Um, so basically, we find out that Tom was messy, or uh, I'm not Tom, but uh, Adrian was messing with her. He knew everything about her. This guy yeah. was, like, very intelligent and uh, intuitive to what she was doing because mm – -hmm. She was he was messing with her birth control. So she was able to get pregnant when he did what he did. Uh, so Tom says to her, it's like, you go back to him. You raise this child. You can have all the money back. Right. Yes, that is what he says. Right. Uh -huh. um, she doesn't take the deal. Um, the, a pen drops out. One of these like like really yeah. nice Mont Blanc pens. Yes. Right. <laughs> it's gold. Mm -hmm. um, so she grabs it. And she's going to uh, pretend to commit. She's pretending to commit suicide in her room or whatever. Right. And uh, he uh, he tries to stop her while he's wearing the suit, and she stabs him. And the suit's now malfunctioning, so yep. it's flickering like things. Parts of you can see parts of him flicker on and off. Yeah, you see it's a pretty good effect. Upper half, bottom yeah. half. You know, it, yeah. Right. It's it. I I was I liked it mostly. I mean, some of it looked kind of silly to me. Yeah, no, I like. I thought the effect was pretty good. Yeah, myself. Uh, so then there's a uh, security team at the mental hospital that uh, attempts to stop um, her from leaving. Right. And uh, they are very violently incapacitated by uh, by uh, Adrian, uh -huh. uh, shooting themselves and uh, shooting each other, and uh, it's a pretty tense, um, pretty good scene as well. I I liked this one. Yeah, I and thought they did a good, yeah, good they, job over there. Yeah, they run out into the rain. Right, right. Um, and yeah, and, and here you can see them. Yep. Because the, in the rain, you can kind of see them. Yeah, so, it kind of glistens off of them. Yeah, which was a good effect, too, actually. For, for a $6 million film, this really had some good effects, I thought. Mm-hmm. Uh, so. That's all it was, yeah. Yeah, it cost $6 bucks. 
Uh, I mean, this is the Blumhouse model, you know? Um, so Cecilia ends up going to James' house, um, and uh, he, James is getting violently beaten by something, mm-hmm. by, by him, obviously. And uh, she sprays him with a fire extinguisher. Oh, yeah, yeah, look out, yeah, and sprays yep. him down. And then um, she un- uh, shoots him. <laughs> and and uh, she so she unmasks him. He finds out that it's Tom. It's Tom in in the, in the suit. So mm-hmm. um, they go. They find Adrian at his house. He's he's tied up. He's uh, he claimed that he got kidnapped right. and like buried in a not buried, but he got holed up into this you know this uh, this room in his by his house, and you know that Tom had planned this whole thing. Uh, you know, he was the mastermind behind this entire thing. Right. Um, so, so, but Cecilia doesn't believe that. No, not at all. Uh, she knows that Adrian is probably behind this too. Mm-hmm. And uh, so she, she um, uh, is going to go meet him at his house. Yeah. Um, and uh, James is gonna. She's gonna wear a wire so James can can hear it. Right. Before we get that. to that though, is that we missed a part where uh, Cecilia had gone to the house mm-hmm. and ended up finding an invisible suit. That's right. She found one of the invisible. She suits, hid it right. away in that place where she hid her bag. That's right. And she did that yeah. earlier in the movie. So this is where it comes into play now. Yeah. So she goes to the house. She is wearing a wire, and James is the only one listening because he's the cop that kind of believes her. Right. Um. Mm-hmm. So. She is trying to set up Adrian. Uh, Adrian's just as manipulative as ever. Oh, yeah. You know, he knows exactly what's going on. No, no, it wasn't me. It was yep. Tom. He will not I've, admit to any of this. I've right? learned my lesson. I've, I need you back. And, mm-hmm. you know, she starts crying. Mm-hmm. She says, I'll, I'll come back to you. Just tell me the truth. And he won't relent. Right. So she ends up, I, I got to go clean my, she smiles. You go, oh, okay, yeah. okay. I believe you. She goes, I got to go clean myself up in the bathroom. Right. <laughs> a moment later, you see <laughs> Tom, you see uh, Adrian with a knife cuts his own throat. Cuts his own throat. Uh-huh. And he falls. <laughs> right. And then Cecilia comes running out and starts crying as, what's right. going on? Yep. And then <laughs> and then she smiles. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, convinces uh, James to nope. This is this is he committed suicide. He, there's video of it. There's video of it in there. He's got cameras all over the place. Right. So there you go. And uh, yeah, and that's kind of the end of the movie. And so she has this invisible suit. You alluded to the fact. Now there is an invisible woman movie coming out as well. You alluded to the fact maybe that suit has something to do with that, huh? I do. I, I got this feeling, and I remember setting up a sequel there. I didn't think of that while I was watching it. I remember but. you doing news and talking about Elizabeth Banks directing right. and starring mm-hmm. in the Invisible Woman. Right. The way this movie ended is obviously Cecilia put on the suit, mm-hmm. made it look like Adrian cut his own throat. You know, so she got her ultimate revenge. But she was able to get back to the bathroom, take off the suit, put it into a bag, and you see it. Like, yes, like she, James, she carries away at the end, right? James looks uh-huh. right at it. Yep. You know, and the way she walks up the steps, and it's kind of that angle of, of you know, below her chin. And, and I was waiting for her to put her hands on her hips and look up to the sky, <laughs> truth, justice, and the American it way. It, it, it ended kind of like feel, a yeah. superhero. 
But this is kind of a super suit. You know? <laughs> it is. Absolutely it is. But but it, also, I remember you talking about that Elizabeth Banks is doing this Invisible right. Woman movie. So mm-hmm. I'm wondering if this is going to be the continuation or it the could, sequel. It could be. And it makes me a lot. I remember not being real excited about that movie when I was reporting on it. I was like, oh, God, we're going to do this now. But now I'm actually interested to see it. I would have no problem seeing it. I'm very excited about it. I mean, it, what actually, Lee Winnell did with this, this movie is—it yeah, was fantastic. It was—it was awesome. It was an awesome movie. And remember when you were first reporting on this? Is mm-hmm. that Johnny Depp, Depp was attached? Yeah, to it Johnny at some Depp point? was attached to it at one point, which is uh, really kind of ironic since he's uh, you know kind of lost his uh, luster from. Uh, being abusive to his girlfriend. Oh, so, yeah. <laughs> you know, so and he's uh, kind of box office poison now. He is box box office poison because he's kind of like this Adrian guy from what the uh, what those the reports are saying. So, um, obviously, you know that that's uh, that's one side of the story, but uh, that's kind of why he's lost his star. So, uh, um, I'm I'm glad he wasn't in this movie. I am too. It was actually the uh, the the youngest child from. Um, Haunting of Hill House, the one that had a drug problem, mm-hmm. that was yeah. the Adrian character. And right. I, you know, you didn't see him very much. Mm-hmm. You saw him sleeping, punching a window, and then you saw him a little bit at the end being manipulative. And I thought that was plenty. Yeah, oh yeah, no, it was, it was great. Uh, I thought I thought his amount of screen time, you did a great job with the amount of screen time he had. Mm-hmm. Um, it, this, you know, the, when Jason Blum went to them, went to Universal to ask for the rights to this. They said nobody was doing anything with it. So it just must have been in development hell after Johnny Depp got taken out of it or, or, or what. I don't know. I mean. Was this before the the mummy with Tom Cruise? So it, the the, uh, the whole Johnny Depp Invisible Man thing was around 2006. They were talking about that. Oh, wow. Um, and, uh, you know, he he. It, it kind of went away, I think, after The Mummy came out, like most of these projects did. Mm-hmm. So, um, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not sure. But I'm real glad he wasn't in this. <laughs> and uh, I think the, the, what they did with it was just awesome. Okay, so, so it's kind of opposite, right? Mm-hmm. So so The Mummy cost $150 million to make, right? And it yeah. made like $5 million at yeah. the box office. Yeah. This cost $5 million. It made $125 million know, at right? the box <laughs> office. It's exactly <laughs> right, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it, I, you because you had said, and I, I remember you saying it that, and it was just a commentary. You said, you know, just give the Universal monsters to Blumhouse. That's what I thought. Yeah, I really think they should because this, this is the model that works. Because their model is this low like, budget, high low return. Bu- exactly, super low budget, high return, and making a great movie with this super low budget. They aren't re- relying on like effects and like big set pieces and stuff to make this a great movie. It's the acting and the story and and you know the suspense and everything that's that makes this a great movie. It isn't because there's like these giant Michael Bay explosions or something like that, or you know that they spent a hundred and fifty million dollars on 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 the uh, f- effects on this thing. So, no, not at all. And yeah. again, like you said, they're practical. It's it's that yeah. you know simpler is better. And you know what? I think it's more true to what the original uh, Universal Monster movies were. I, I, I don't I don't recall those being like massive budget Gone with the Wind type productions for their day. Mm-hmm. They were cheaply made, you know, with foreign actors who were probably cheap. I'm sure you didn't pay like Bella Lugosi a whole ton of money to, to be, uh, you know, uh, Dracula or anything like that. So... I don't know. Well, it seems to me I mean, Elizabeth Moss is an established actress. You know what? Sure I want to see but... her. I want to see her in more horror movies. Uh, yeah, I, I would love because not only did awesome. she kill it as the 
protagonist in this movie, the mm-hmm. final girl, whatever whatever trope you want to put on it. Yeah, no, totally. But but she was like two different um, characters in Us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a year ago. You're, no, you're totally right. Yeah, uh, she was great was, in Us. Like she was just like this, uh, you know, pretentious lady. But then mm-hmm. she also played one of the tethered. Right. And. Freaking great! Oh yeah, no, she was awesome in that too. I'd love to see her in more uh, more horror movies. So, uh, a lot of these Blumhouse, uh, these people that Blumhouse gets to act in the movies. I, I mean, they, I would love to see more horror from them. You know, mm-hmm. uh, Octavia Spencer, for instance, oh, she was yeah. she nailed it in Ma. I'd, oh, Ma. I'd love to see her in more in more horror. So, uh, I don't know. It, it was really good. I don't, what are you going to give it? How I get to start? I think I want to watch it again, but where I'm sitting right now, I think I'm sitting at a three and a half. I'm going to give it a three and a half exactly, yeah. too. Um, it's, uh, I think it's a just awesome movie. It's, it's great. I'm not sure if it rises to the level of like an exorcist or something like that, which I would give a put more in the four to five category. Yeah. You know, I mean, you got to really have a, a legendary, something like Us deserves four, four to five stars, in my opinion. And I don't know if this really rises to that level, but the suspense is so great. It's, a, it's a, just an enjoyable movie. The, the acting is fantastic. Um, and, and, and I really had a lot of fun with it. I, I, I thought it was a really good movie. I would also say this is that, you know, because of what we're going through right now, it definitely, and, and I know you don't want to go out and spend a lot of money, yeah. but what you would spend at a theater or on popcorn yeah. or whatever, it's worth the $20. It's totally worth the $20. It's yeah. not, it's not long. No, it, it, it was, uh, you know, I, I had a couple beers during, while I was watching it. <laughs> I mean, it would have cost me like $70 for the snacks I ate. <laughs> so it was well worth it. Karina actually watched it with me. Oh, yeah. Sarah, Sarah and I both watched it. So, yeah, you get two people together. Yeah. You're going to pay way more than $19.99 to yeah. go to the theater and watch this. She was drinking uh, mimosas. No, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> you can't even get that in the theater. They don't have a bar there. <laughs> so. Oh, man. So three and a half. This is a solid watch. I For me, Andy, I'd recommend people actually just rent this i mean I, seriously oh, totally. for, go, it's 19 bucks it. or 20 dollars absolutely you know, do go it. buy your popcorn get your snacks it's it's gonna get your mind away from it and yep. it's a great horror movie yeah absolutely do it this weekend man it, it's uh it's it, it, it's like i said it's great <laughs> it's just like going to the you know you're gonna pay less than you, if you went to the movies for sure and yeah. a perfect time to do this yep. uh so we got coming up next week we're gonna be talking about the j horror film called audition it's a exclusive, or not exclusive, it's on Shudder. Yeah. The following week, uh, thanks, buddy. We're going to be talking about the new Glenn Danzig movie. Oh, yeah, that's, is that coming up? Oh, I got to get that to you. Oh, you're going to love that. Looking forward to it. <laughs> and then we got to follow, uh, wrap up April with the original John Carpenter's The Fog, which is also on Shudder. We got a lot of great things coming up. Uh, anything else? Oh, we, let's talk about your book. Oh, yeah. Well, uh, it, it's out now. Okay. So. Um, I don't want to plug myself too much, but uh, no, the no, Siberian no. Instant too. It's out uh, Yeti horror novel. Uh, well, it's it's more of like a Yeti action novel uh, for the sequel. The Siberian original is, uh, Incident Two. The Siberian Incident and the Siberian Incident Two. Uh, Amazon on, on Amazon. Yep. So good reading. All right. We'll just make we'll make the show sponsored by that. Is that cool? It's, it's fine with me. <laughs> Everybody have a great weekend right. and stay safe out there. Thanks a lot.